Shall we begin? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Premier League Pulse, brought to you by the Differential FPL podcast. In this, in this um, video podcast, we um, review um, the previous game week, Premier League game week, and we talk about, you know, the biggest news that to come out of the exciting game week, whichever week it is. And this week, we'll be, pre- we'll be reviewing game week 17. And we'll also talk a little bit about the Champions League draw. Um, we have a few people here that are obviously not that interested in Champions League draw, but uh, we'll get their, their, their feelings on it anyway. But uh, to help me out with all of this today, um, Shala Bouloui is, is he, he's here with us, but um, he's on mute right now. He'll join us shortly. Uh, so first off, uh, Abi, how are you doing? Good to have you on here. Um, good to have you shirt on as well. How's it yeah, going? fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good to be here. Funny it's how it's the non-Champions League winner that's throwing Champions League jabs. Just fucking <laughs> It's all good. You know, eventually we'll get there. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But it's good to have you here. Um, yeah. Also here with us is Alex Oji. How's it going? It's good, my bro. I'm blessed, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, always, always good to have you. You know, um, there's a lot going on with your club right now, so you know oh, we yeah. face each other soon. So it's, it's very spicy today. I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> after all the years last week, I mean, but to be honest, you oh, were, yeah. were a little bit safe. But we'll get to that. We'll get to all of that, and then finally, Desayo uh, Hafa. Good to have you here, man. Yeah, that was everyone. Lovely being here again. Yeah, good, good to have you. It's, it's crazy, man. Like you know, Fisayo, I think. Because that is a night, right? Is it yeah. called a night? No. <laughs> okay? Like, I please wear the hoodie. I be, oh. you... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is AC is probably working overtime? I've just probably our big dogs. They buy this only bodus. Bodus of I mean, you said barrel, I wear, sorry, yeah, why don't I wear two? <laughs> <laughs> but it looks cool. What's that on the jersey there? What's the insignia on that? Oh, this. Yeah, yeah, let me see. I have no idea, bro. <laughs> it doesn't even do it, it just buys it. <laughs> it just buys it, it just buys it. But anyway, that's not for me. So, um, first off, best place to start off this week is at the top, where Arsenal again went top of the Premier League. Um, obviously, it doesn't really matter. It's still it's still December. I know, I know, I know. It's still December. Habi is shaking his head there. The guy, you're not even going to spell top. So they don't even try. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, so for, um, I'd like to go to um, to Fisayo first. Arsenal control dominated this game against Brighton. Uh, you know, Brighton have come to the Emirates and apparently their last three visits, they've come to and they have dealt with us and, you know, left us. Um, I, I don't want to say crying, but, you know, the I, last three I remember was they knocked us out of Carling Cup, EFL Cup, whatever it is. There was the other time when they beat us when we were chasing fourth. And then last season as well, when we, we had pretty much almost given up hope on, on challenging. So um, how did you see that game and the way Arsenal controlled and dominated that game? Yeah, it was it was a professional performance, like, Listening to De Zerbi and and Lewis Dunk, they both said the same thing. They were like, Arsenal completely dominated. They deserved the win. De Zerbi said, like, no one has ever, like, put them under that much pressure that normally they're used to, like, at least, like, gain a lot of the ball and, like, them being the protagonist. But this time, like, Arsenal completely dominated. And it was nice to see, because last week we spoke about the Villa game and we were saying if, uh, we had any uh, causes of for concern. And I said it was just one of those days. Like, it wasn't our day that day. So it was nice to get back to winning ways and the guys put in, like, a, a really good performance. The only thing I would say is we were a little bit wasteful. Yeah. Like, we had chances. We could have scored more. But, yeah, it was a, it was a good, good, good performance. Fair enough. And um, one thing, I, um, and there's one thing that, you know, usually hear about. Usually hear about how, you know, a team's, 
um, defensive, you know, being strong defensively and control, you know, being strong defensively leads to titles. You know, even though we are not, you know, the Arsenal team is not scoring that much. How do you feel about how how well that defense can actually take Arsenal to, you know, help them with their aspirations? So, yeah, th- that's one thing Mikel has done really well. Like, the way, the way we play out of possession, I think right now we're currently one of the best teams out of possession. The way we, like, counter-press, the way we win the ball back, um, we don't give up that many shots. Obviously, there was the freak game against Luton where they scored three goals. That's the only game this season where we've conceded more than two. So we don't give away that many opportunities. Like, and it's it's a good sign. So because when you're not playing well, maybe you're struggling to score. If you're not like letting your opponent have like a go at you, then most times you tend to like struggle, get one goal, and then you close up shop, you can win one nil. So it's a good thing having like a solid de- defense. Hopefully, touch wood, like the main guys don't get injured and they stay fit for the whole season. But yeah. Right, fair enough. Thanks. Thanks. That. And then uh, Abi, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know this song. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, how does it go for Sal? Remind me that Samina Mina, eh, eh, waka waka. I mean, have you heard that song? 60 million down the drain. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound familiar. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. Well, okay, nope. uh, okay, with all seriousness now, you know, Habits last, you know, last two months, let's just say last month or so. He has somehow come into his own in that number eighth row for um for Arsenal. Um, the way he's playing now is that something that you saw at Chelsea, or is this just a regular flash in the pan from habits that will you know reset to factory settings that you guys always abused him about? No, well, I mean, not- <clears throat> you guys always trolled him about. Let me say trolled him. Go on. Not really. I mean, this is who Kai Havertz is meant to be. Like my tweet is still up. I said he Havertz be a hit at Arsenal because the thing with the thing with Chelsea was we, from our like 2020-2021 window, it's been a lot of turbulence at the club. So it's like chopping and changing. So nothing's really been stable, even with Harvard. And a lot of our players suffered constantly being played out of position. There was no particular system in place. So you're here today, you're there tomorrow. So you can't really build on that consistency. But we ask now, I mean, Harvard is going to function in one role or max two and that second one is when maybe there's an absence of top a sus or a ketia or something but i mean this habits are also i'm not surprised one bit if your objective enough you could actually see coming immediately has not signed him so yeah it's not surprising in any bit right, fair enough thank you for that i like that last objective answer usually i don't get that from chelsea chelsea fans you know but i like that it's good <laughs> maybe you're being hopeful your type of distress but it's good to hear, bro. <laughs> and um, Alex, I saw your, you know, your hand on your head. Was that was that the way you were watching the Arsenal game? Like, oh my god, these guys are, are playing some nice football here. Nah, not even man. No kudos to <laughs> Arsenal. You know, I've always said it. Arsenal are a threat. I watched the game against Brighton. Did I think Brighton were going to do anything? No. Brighton are one of those clubs this season where win today, lose tomorrow. You guys dominated the game start to finish and you were deserved winners. Um you you look you look a well oiled machine at the moment. Um and you've got all your big hitters back. And I expect more and more of this. Like when I see Arsenal win a home game, okay, it is what it is. Where you get tested is the tough away games. Obviously Villa, the last one you lost and you're coming to Anfield next. So we'll see mm. if if you guys are able to do it on the road again, but yeah, I'm, I'm as an as an Arsenal fan, you should be excited because you guys are playing good football. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I was telling the Liverpool fan yesterday, and I know we're not talking about Liverpool now. Is I like the way you guys build up from the back country side. So alluded to it, and that takes love. That takes a lot of coaching. So kudos to Mikel. He's got you guys playing fantastic, sexy football coming out from the back, quick, fluid football. Odegaard just looking imperious. Then you've got you've got you've got the reliable guys like Saka and Martinelli doing the business. He suits every night again, pops up. So it looks good at the moment. It looks yeah. good. And one thing and one thing is working in your favor. And I spoke to Fisai about it earlier. I think you injuries, you've been you're in a good spot now. Don't get me wrong, you've got a couple of people out like every other team, but 
going into December, you want all your big players available, and you guys have that. So you're in a good position for, for sure. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, and we'll, we will get to Liverpool in a sec. But before we actually move, um, I actually want um, Shola here for Liverpool because, you know, um, you know, obviously you face Man United. So yeah. but before we do that, um, just wanted to talk a little bit about Odegaard. You know, from the beginning of the game yesterday, I don't know if you noticed it, Pisayo. Odegaard was, it was like he was on steroids. He was literally chasing them down. Like the um, the intensity... By which, by which he chased down the Brighton defenders, the keepers, whenever they had, they had the ball. Like, he does that, like, on a regular, but to see him do it so well, and, you know, it seems like he carried that intensity to the game and his teammates followed. So I felt like that was a really good captain's performance, even though he didn't get the goal that he probably merited. I feel like he forced, maybe he forced, like, one or two shots when he could have passed, you know, but it was still a really good performance from him. So you want to give Odegaard a little bit of praise here for, for how he performed yesterday. Because I, I remember, like, beginning of the season when, like, it's, he wasn't, like, given his normal performances. There were some games where, like, the games were going by him and people, like, some fans were already, like, there were rumblings. They were complaining that, oh, Odegaard isn't playing to the same standard as last season. But uh, what, what we found out, Mikel Arteta said he was playing, he was playing with an injury. Mm-hmm. And, like, he didn't want to, like, tell, like, he didn't want to tell the medical staff how bad it was. It was, like... Just like, oh, I still want to play. I still want to play. Till he got that bad that he had to like miss a couple of games. And now he's back. He's like back to full fitness. You can see like his game back to the old like Odegaard of last season. And something Arteta has done as well. He's kind of like dropped him a little bit deeper. Harvest has gone up top. Exactly. So before you would have Zinchenko like coming in and playing with Rice. But now Zinchenko pretty much, he doesn't invert as much. Odegaard is the one dropping. So there's more space for like Havertz and Jesus and Saka. And he's brilliant. And like, he actually is good at playing those passes between the lines. And like you said, like his stats for winning the ball back in the final third is one of the best in the league. So yeah, I'm just, I'm glad his game like his best. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy. I was really happy with his performance. Like I said, from last, from minute one, the way he rushed them, I was like, oh wow, this guy's really on. He's ready today. He's ready to give it to them. So um, I guess we can move on from Arsenal. Um, Shola is not here here yet. So um, let me just talk a little bit about Man City. You know, again, Man City they considered two goals after pretty much controlling that game against uh, Crystal Palace so easily. You know, I mean, Alex, um, I think last time we spoke, we spoke about how they could go away to Saudi Arabia, come back, and, you know, they are 10, 12 points behind, you know, um, the leaders, and they are chasing again. We did hear that, you know, KDB might be training with them in Saudi Arabia. I think I saw that news somewhere. Um, do you think um, City can actually still come back? I mean, the way they are defending, KDB doesn't improve their defending, improves their goal scoring. But how do you see this Man City team and do you think they're going to be able to do what they usually do and just come back and beat everyone to the title again? The, the long and short answer is no, they can't. I think Man City are done. This is Arsenal's league to lose and Liverpool to catch. And I'll explain yeah. why. <laughs> and now, yeah, I, I, I think you're laughing. I'll tell you, explain why. Uh, go ahead. City, like, yeah, pe- people expect KDB to just come back and automatically start winning again. What he would do, he would add goals and assists to their game. But that's not even what they're struggling with now. Is that the back... I feel like at the back, the the likes of Diaz and um, what's his name, Ake and Guavio, they're getting exposed. They're getting exposed because Rodri's having to overwork. Rodri's doing the job of like two, three men because he doesn't have his partner next to him. He's playing today's Rico Lewis, Maurice Kovacic. So he's doing a lot of work, like chasing backwards, those vertical runs backwards, trying to cover ground. And they're getting exposed there. So KDB will come back. And even with his whole KDB coming back then, Look at it from a timeline perspective. He'll probably train with them. He'll use he'll use Saudi Arabia to get fitness. He probably will come back maybe mid to late January. But as we know, the way these things happen when it comes to pro athletes, they'll come back and they'll get one or two niggles. It tends to happen. You are for a long time. You'll come back after two games. You might pick up one or two niggles before we see KDB in full flow. I'm thinking maybe late Feb, early March, and I think that by then, I'm just again just based on what I'm saying because football, you gotta look at it from how the trajectory works. They'll come back and they'll be about 11 points behind Arsenal or 10 points behind us, depending on how this weekend's game goes when they come back to play Everton away. And there's no telling that they'll win that game. So mm-hmm. I think when City look at it, 
if they're about maybe 11, 12 points behind one of us, even with games in hand, I almost think Guardiola will focus on Champions League because he can probably see them retaining that because they've got Copenhagen, which will probably win. And I think he might just look at that and say, you know what, let's focus on that. Let's take the year out, Premiership, and come back next season. So personally, and I know based on their history, people think you're sitting and come back and win 17, 18 in a row. That's not what's going to happen this season. Not this city team. Because unfortunately for them, they don't have enough clutch players to help them do that. Three years ago, two years ago, even last year, they did. When KDB was out, they had gone to gun. Tight games, Marius pops up. Now they don't really have that. All their wide men, apart from Haaland, who is the only gun man, the rest of them are a bit hit and miss. So with City, when their players are hit and miss and you can actually get at their defence, I don't really see how they're going to come and win 10, 11 games in a row, especially with the way the Premiership is now. The standard has gone up because apart from the likes of Luton and maybe Sheffield United, there's no, there's no gimme in the Premiership. So you got, you got to almost earn your three points. And will they win more games than Arsenal? Would they win more games than Liverpool? Because we can we can go 10-game unbeaten run. And this Arsenal team can go on that as well. So, Man City, they're probably, in my opinion, one more defeat from literally just training the White Tour. Yeah, so, well, that's what right. I think. Habi, uh, um, what do you think about that? I mean, how do you see... You, do you see City doing what they usually do as well? And then just to add to it as well, I mean, January is coming up. You know, we all love, we all know how Chelsea fans love a January transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't mind me. Sorry about that. But, go, but what I'm trying to say is this Do you see City actually making moves that improves their side so that they, you know, they come back in this January transfer window as well? I mean, that's a possibility because with the way it looks now, Carvin Phillips is most likely heading out. So I feel Pep would need the markets for at least one more CM. And if they get that Paqueta deal over the line that they wanted in summer, but due to the whole betting shit and all that they abandoned, that could be one to look out for. Then in regards to some points Alex made, I mean, I do agree. They lost clutch players. Ster- Sorry, fuck Sterling. The Marezes, the Gunduads. Yeah, they <laughs> lost those caliber of players. And that's a big miss for them. But also, the way the league is now, Arsenal is probably the most unformed team in the league. Liverpool... Eh, not so much. And I mean, the gap is what? It's five points. And really, you can't really vouch for anybody saying they can walk into games to win. So as long as the gap doesn't really get crazy, I still feel City could do what they do normally. And yeah, if Pep does get his signings and stop tinkering way too much, because at this point, I think he's doing himself. Like there was a game he rather played. I think Roger was suspended. He played two CBs as DMs, then Rico Lewis and someone else in their front. And I'm like, my nigga, yes, you're a genius, but at some point, just do the basics and it will work. But I mean, he's paid for a reason. I'm happy for a reason. So, yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. And uh, I'll mention Crystal Palace a little bit because, you know, they did get that that point. Um, you know, um, Liverpool beat them the last time, but they were able to get that point against Man City. And uh, Olise got that pen. Well, he didn't get the pen. He, Mateta won the pen. For, so he had, he, had, he had a good game. He had a good game. But Olise puts it away. You know, he has been injured for a while. And he has just come back. You know, uh, Olise is someone that, you know, Chelsea were actually interested in buying before you guys moved for Palmer. And I know he's someone that, that Alex also rates as well. Uh, you know, moving forward, is, is, that, is, that, is that a player that you feel... And this is for Alex, actually. Is that a player that you feel can replace Salah? No, not him. I want, I want, I want one of the Western boys, and I've said that for a while. Jared Bowen or Mohamed Kudus. Those are the only two players, and I've got a third option in the Premiership is Musa Diaby, because I think you also said yeah. Brian Bemo. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he, he and he's on the list. But remember, Demon, I've been telling you about Mohamed Kudus for a while. That boy can play. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about him, he's an output merchant. You gotta look at it this way. If and I know there's no Mosala discussion, <laughs> so like laughing at my list. And that, see, <laughs> the, the fact, see, the fact of the matter is that, see, look, see, I look at this thing from a realistic standpoint. Fact of the matter is, there's no Mosala in Europe, so mm. we're not gonna go out there and get Mosala. People, people have come up with names like and Bakayoko from um uh, the team PSV. that play, not PSV. I like him. There are players like that out there who we can get, but. I feel like uh, maybe just PTSD. I've been stung a few times recently. Diaz, Nunes, and a few of them. I'd rather someone who I know can come in today and start 
delivering today. So for Mo Salah replacement, ideally, it will be someone in the Premiership already. If we're going to go to Europe and get a replacement for Mo Salah, there's only one player in Europe that can replace him, only one, and that's Leroy Sané. If it's not Leroy Sané, give me one of the boys from Premiership. Or Jared Bowen, he's not Salah, but I know at least he would give me good outputs. No fancy tricks or nothing, but he's giving you minimum 10 goals, 10 assists, that kind of level. So kudos mm-hmm. Bowen or Diaby, one of them. If not, they go get me Leroy Sané. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what about you, Abby? Um, Ulisse, is that someone that you still see Chelsea going back for? Bro, Ulisse, see, you guys, are, you guys are done with Mama Duke. <laughs> Ulisse, my boy, like, see, it's Riddick, bro. I've been clamoring for him. Like, he's so fucking good. I, I was ecstatic when I saw we had triggered his release clause, everything, everything. That, woo, that we saw the whole court case, blah, 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 blah. That we had to just let that go. I'm a big miss for us. I never got the Madwicky signing, to be honest. Because he never really looked like that guy. And he struggles with injuries too. So that was weird. I mean, if we go back in for Olise, I'd love it. We don't need him. I mean, we have a bunch of young kids that could get Madwicky shirts. But if you get who am I to say no? That's a star in the making. Remember how he said that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Habi, just a very quick one. Sorry, Dima. I think the issue with Lise is the same with a Pedro Neto. They're good mm-hmm. players, but they won't get you enough goals. They'll get you assist. So it depends yeah. on what it depends on what your front man looks like. If you've got a front man who's only going to give you about ten goals, you want your wide man to be able to also give you minimum ten goals. And Lise is more of a oh, yeah. creator than a goal scorer. So it depends. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's pure fact. I mean, I think it was last season or so he hit twelve assists in the league. And that's in the Crystal Palace. So, I mean, Liverpool, Darwin Nunes is exactly better than Eduardo and the likes, but... Yeah. It, and it's crazy. I, I think I think he would do well for, like, a Darwin Nunes because Darwin Nunes needs to be that main man. He would do, yeah. he would do yeah, well for us in a team like that. If the chances keep coming, yeah, he's bound to score too, so... Um, yeah, but yeah, he's and, a great um, And now that um, Abby actually snuck that in, I think I did hear it. <laughs> You heard it as well. I, mean, I heard it, but um, we can talk a lot a, a bit about this Liverpool United match. Hopefully, Shola will come in and and while we're still talking about it. But um, Liverpool had about almost 34, 35 shots on goal, and I'm looking at Fisayo here just real quick because you know we're talking about chances. You know, I saw Musala trying to create as many chances as possible, but with thirty five shots on goal, how did? Liverpool not win that game against United. So, yeah. United went there with a game plan. Like, we all said it. When, I don't know, when there's this thing of football, when people think, like, everyone's like, yeah, it's going to be, like, a bad trend. It's going to be this. I said, I thought Liverpool would win, but I said it would be tight because I knew United were going to go there and defend. So, Liverpool would have to break them down. But, yeah. Liverpool, like... Sorry, United, Evans, like, turned back the years. He was amazing. Varane, like, I don't understand how Tenag has been benching him. He was unreal. Yeah. Like, those two were solid. Even when Amrabat was doing some funny things and people were getting <laughs> past him, like, those two were, like, not allowing anything go past them. And they had, they had to reduce, like, Liverpool. To, they, most of Liverpool's chances were, like, either from, like, a set piece, like, corners... Or like um outside shots from yeah outside the box. So th- I didn't they didn't have like I think United had two clearer chances than Liverpool. The one yeah. where Kobe Minor played Ganacho in and Trent just made it back in time and the through ball to Oiland. Yeah. But yeah, Liverpool like it was hard for them to break that like two banks of four. It was hard for them to break it down. So yeah. Props to United. They came there with a game plan. They execute executed it. It worked for them. Yeah, and uh, what I noticed that uh, the defensive intensity from United players, and not just you know the centre backs, was 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 mad. I mean, there was this chance that they had the one that got blocked off the. I think it was it was that Nana or somebody else that blocked it, but it was that chance where uh, Salah took a quick throwing and um, it fell to Darwin in the box, and he tried to lay it off to um, Diaz. Right, and um, Diaz shot the ball, but like even when Diaz shot that ball, you could see I think it was two United players plus the keeper blocking to make sure that that ball didn't go in. So the defensive intensity was definitely up from from uh, Man United in that game. So Alex, in your how did you view 
you know, how did you guys live Anfield without any 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 um, goals? And what did you make of Van Dyke's comments? You know, it was a bit like, you know, it was, it was a bit teary, a bit salty. But what did you make of it? Yeah, I'll start with the Van Dyke comments. I think that's what I want to hear from my captain. That's exactly right. what I want to hear. Big bad Man United came to Anfield and playing like they're Burnley or Sheffield United. So, yes, they were buzzing with one point. Like, if you go on Twitter, there's some Man United channels. There's one specifically called United View. Those guys were like, these guys were like, they, they, at full time, it's like they won the Champions League. So, Van, what Van Dyke said is the truth. He didn't, he didn't lie. He said what they actually did. They were buzzing for a point. And fair play to them. So, it's up to us. Beat them. We couldn't beat them. And that's fine. But what he said was the truth. So if anyone's been salty, I felt it was Roy Keane. Because why is he bringing up titles and whatnot? That's got nothing to do with anything. United came to plant the force. They came to get a point. And they got a point. And Van Dijk said that. And for me, that just all is. He's my captain. And I expected him to say that. If he came out and started saying, oh, oh, I'm happy we got it. No. Well, I wanted him to, like, say what happened. And that's exactly what he said. But that aside, now, why did we not win the game? Two big reasons. I'm not going to bore you guys with details. But you can probably see my... My my um my screensaver. That's yeah, the reason, reason. That's reason number one. I've explained what I mean with that. You see all the arrows coming inside. You see yeah. all the arrows coming inside. That's the biggest issue that Liverpool have at the moment. The way we're being set up by Klopp. I love Klopp. You know, not last season I was on his neck. This season, he's he's redeemed himself. But over the past five six games, he's started trying something different, which is not working for us. The Trent inverting thing is fine. It's nice, sexy. It's what it works. It's one us game. The issue we have, and that's why we notice we struggle against low block teams. And you guys know football one on one. If you're trying to break down low blocks, what do you do? You make the pitch big. That's what Pep does every time. For some weird reason, when we get the ball, Diaz he makes horizontal runs inside. Salah, we all know Salah's game. He wants to cut in. Nunes is there, confused because they're all crowding the space. The midfield's coming in, and Trent is inverting. So we're not getting any joy out wide, which is why, if you notice, over the past three, four, five games, when it's not going our way, what does Klopp do? He brings on Gomez to try and provide that with. But, and it has worked because we've been winning. But that's us now chasing the game. Why don't we start with whip? We almost need to go back to basics. So that's one point. I think the way we're being set up is not helping us at all. And as, as part of the whole setup, Sobo's life, we're killing him. And this is not me singling him out or anything, but we're killing him for a number of reasons. And that's why I was very keen on the DM in the summer. We didn't get a DM. So the DM that we currently have, fair play to him. He's just not good enough. Endo. It's a decent player, decent little player for a decent little team. At Liverpool, where you need to be sharp in the mind and sharp in the body. And that's the reason why I guess Klopp is playing McAllister, even though he's not a DM. He gets the ball from Van Dijk. And, and on one touch, and I'll tell you this earlier, one touch, he's breaking line. He's getting the ball straight up to someone like Salah. Endo needs three, four, five touches. And what does he do? He passes it back to maybe Van Dijk again. You, you've lost that move. Little things like that people are not seeing, but those, those are little things. And what does that then do? Klopp is telling the likes of Soboslayer and Gravenberg to display. Keep it simple. We need to protect our DM because the teams are hounding him, pounding when he gets the ball. And that's now affecting Sobosly's game. Because he wants he wants to get the ball far forward and affect the game going forward. But he's having to play a bit deeper and a bit simpler just to compensate for the fact that we don't have a solid DM there. So they get whose fault is that? Sadly, it goes back to Klopp for not getting a DM because we all saw that we needed glaringly a DM. Now, the last point I was just going to make is there's a massive confidence issue at the moment, especially with our, with our forwards. And I said it on Twitter a few days ago, and Shola said he hates me because I was calling out the obvious. He said, he said that, oh, I'm blowing out of proportion. But now you can see, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a Liverpool fan that will always back my boys, but I've got to be honest. At the moment, they're all sadly out of form. And I've seen it coming from, from a mile away. I've just kept quiet because I didn't want to be that kind of fan. that say, oh, why are you complaining? Because we we're winning. But we've been getting the results, but the performances have been poor. Diaz, uh, Diaz hasn't scored in over two months. Nunez hasn't scored in over two months. Salah has been scoring scrappy goals here and there, but he's looked a shadow of himself for a while now. The only player that we can almost rely on to get your goal, even if he's not playing well, is Diogo Jota. And where is he? He's out of January. So I'm not sure how these guys are going to figure it out, but at the moment, we're not looking good up top. Those players are almost playing like individuals. They're not playing as a team. I'm not seeing patterns of play. I'm not seeing cohesion in the way Diaz gets the ball and we're relying on moments. So 
when I see Arsenal play, Martinelli gets the ball, Jesus does one thing, Odegaard does something else. Like, I'm seeing patterns. And, I've, and it's sad I'm having to bring Arsenal into this, but I'm seeing it. Like, you almost know what they're going to do. Diaz gets the ball and we're waiting for him to do something, then react off that. Or Nunes gets the ball and we now, okay, what does he do? Then we react off that. So it's almost off-the-cuff football that we're playing at the moment. And sadly, that's got to go back to the coach. Everything I'm saying goes back to the coach. And this is no club out anything, but I've just got to be honest. Like, how are you coaching these guys? Are you almost over-coaching them to be part of a team and now not working? Because Diaz will go to Colombia next week and he'll look like Ronaldo. Nunes will go to Uruguay next week and he'll look like R9. McAllister will go to Argentina next week and he'll be balling out like he's uh, pick uh, Modric. And, and, and that's how it's been going. So they come back to Liverpool and it almost feels like they're being told to do specific things in specific moments and it's just not working. So the, in as much as the players are not playing well at the moment, I feel like Klopp needs to take a hard look at himself and almost go back to basics because if we keep going the way we're going, it might... It will, and I know I was backing my boys for the title, but it's not looking good. We just need to hang in there till January. Then in January, go get a DM. That's, that's like the first thing we need to do. January 1st, take 60 million and go to Fulham and say, take this for Dal Palinio. If not, it's going to be a long season. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, Hendo uh, is mad. Maybe club just likes that name because he went out. <laughs> you guys had this. He went out. I didn't see where that guy just checked his, you know, scouting. They will, which, who is this guy, Hendo? Good. <laughs> but um, speaking of DMs, Anna DM showed himself yesterday, and every time he comes on, he seems to show himself and show his quality, his matureness, and his calmness. Shola is Mino. Uh, I think I did pronounce it well. Mino, Mino, whichever one. Any mini, Mino, more. Whichever one is that. But uh, the 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 guy is. You watched him yesterday. He was so composed on the ball. You know, um, he had a nice two pass for Ganacho. You know, I saw some. I know you posted something on the group about terrific pass. I thought it was a double pass. Please, that pass can calm down a bit. There was a lot of space there. You know, even I can hit that pass if I, you know, on a good day, on a good, on a good pitch, whatever it is, is good. But anyway, my point here is that you know he he performed really well yesterday in a really tough environment. So how did you see um, him yesterday, and what do you make of Alex's comments? Um, I'm a bit. I'm re- I'm a really really big fan of Kobe Mino, and um, I think he's one of those players that you know you you've ever you've heard that saying that if you're good enough, you're old enough. That's what I that that's one of those players that epitomizes that saying, because you know you come in and you just you're just so calm, you're just so composed, you don't panic. He's gone to two very very hostile environments in Goodison Park and Anfield and he's not even looked out of place at all so it's very very exciting to see and St. James Park yeah and and St. James Park as well exactly you know it's actually very very exciting to see that you have a player that you know hostile environments cannot don't face him because I think that's actually a problem we have in the majority of the squad we don't know how to handle hostile environments that's why you know once we got to, I think after, when we dropped points with Copenhagen, that's why I said that like there's no way we're missing our task, right? Because we don't know how to handle hostile environments. So just to see that, it's, it's a huge plus, you know, in my opinion. I think apart from him and the four and the back four, well, and Onana as well, I think they, they all played very well. Um. You know, I thought Varane was 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 immense. You know, Varane was rolling. You know, that's why we call him a Rolls Royce. Like he showed why we call you know the Champions League Varane for a reason. You know, it held Salah down. You know, held he held the whole Liverpool attack down. Um, Evans, Evans was fantastic. I mean, that's actually been a signing that, to be honest, been that shocked me because he's actually done much better than expected. Not even just the Liverpool game, but there are quite a number of games that Evans has come in and done really well. So, you know, that's good to see as well. Um, okay. But what do you think about about what Alex is saying? Because Alex is really saying that, you know, yesterday, as as good as maybe your defenders might have been, Liverpool didn't play that well, really. So maybe all this praise they are giving them. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Liverpool didn't play as well as we know. But I mean, like, but at the same time, you can't just discredit how well we defended because we actually defended well. We defended like 18. You know, like, like I said, 
I don't know if it was the last pod or two pods ago, like when we look, the more we look like a team, the better we are. Because the problem this season, majority, is that we've not played like a team. You know, we even though, yeah, there was nothing in attack, fine. We had two clear chances that either Hoyland or Garnacho could have scored. But, you know, when you're, when you're attacking and defending as a team, it, it, there's more cause for optimism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, like, 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 you know, Liverpool, yeah, they, 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 they threw a lot of things at us, but really, we, we it was mostly long distance shots or like set pieces. We didn't have, we, they couldn't create a clear cut chance. Yeah. I, I'll be you honest, with you, I, I, I don't think you guys played well yesterday. I'll, I'll be I, honest. I, you, yeah, no, no, I, I didn't say we yeah. played well. I, I didn't yeah. say we played well. I said we defended well. Yeah, yeah, we defended, we defended well. We defended all Everybody yeah, has agree. everybody defended, you know, even the front three, they yeah. they defended well, you know. Everyone, you know, it was very, very resolute. And it's fair. Like if you look at if you look at someone like Johnny Evans, he's used to defending like that. Like he's used like relegation teams. Like that's what they do. They defend <laughs> they defend their they defend their penalty box. So I wasn't shocked that what Johnny Evans is gonna defend like that. Like he's might like defending for Leicester, relegation fights, all that. So it, it was expected. You defended well, but anytime you guys got the ball, you guys gave it back to us. You have two yeah. very good chances to be fair. Yeah. So in ninety minutes, you expect a decent team to at least get two chances. But but yeah, I feel like we're going a bit over the top when we play well as a team. Defended well, and that just no, that's I what it was. That's and, what I said we defended well. I said we played well. That's what and, I said. And, and on another day, if we had scored early, I feel like the floodgates would have opened. It's one of those ones where it just I I think and I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm going back to this. I feel like. The, the media and fans played a big part in yesterday's game because a lot of fans, maybe Liverpool fans, even the media, hyped this game up to be it's easy or rah, 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 rah. And the intelligent fans, Messiah said it as well, I said a few fans were like, nah, this is one of those recipe for disaster when you start believing. And I feel like the players, if they believe in it, it's almost like 10 minutes in, the stadium became very flat. It's almost yeah. like the fans just expected, oh, yeah, we'll, at some point we'll score. And yeah. the longer it took, we said, looking like, you know what? It's not going to come. You know, it's like getting more confident. But yeah, it was a very strange game. All right. Fair enough. Um, and um, before, I actually want to go to Habib, but before I do, shall I, um, Ten Hag had like some great, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He had, he had, he had so many nice things to say about Mictarian. I said, no, I said Mictarian. Mict- uh, Mict- uh, McTom, what's his real name? McTominay. 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 I said, McTominay. What's, his name? <laughs> I said what's his real name? Funny, funny anyway. enough, he's one of the he, players that I thought it was not didn't play well at all. But he said he said this. He said this though. Oh, you even think he didn't play well at all? Okay, I didn't play well so, because he, he gave the ball away a lot. Like he was not probably our number. Him and Amrabat were horrendous in my opinion. They were turnover machines. You know, like I've said. I'm actually <laughs> glad that the Amrabat signing is not a permanent signing. Man, is just bold. He doesn't really do jack. So, so you do. So you do. <laughs> so you don't agree with 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 uh, Eric Ten Hag that he epitomizes everything about Man United. I don't know. He didn't say that in those words, but he pretty much said that. Like you know, he gave him so much glowing praise. The thing about Scott, oh, this, see, is... this is the thing about Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay is the conundrum. That's what he is. Yeah. Because McTominay, right? Like I, I don't know if I've said I've, I've probably said something a lot in our group chat that if McTominay played half as well as he gave interviews and showed passion for the club, he would be a decent player. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about McTominay is that you can tell that he likes the club, like he, you know, he loves the club, but he's he's just not good enough, you know. And that's something like when he scores goals, it patches up terrible performances. Like it high it masks those bad performances because because what he popped up with a goal. Yeah, like McTominay like, is like in midfield, like like last week. I, I think I said it in this part. Last week before before our game against Bayern, Carragher and Jimmy Carragher, Terry Henry, and Mika Richards, they said it that Scott McTominay is the reason Bruno is over he's overworking Bruno because Bruno is covering where he's supposed to be covering. There you go. Um, and I'm um, happy you were nodding your head there. You know, um, you agree with that, right? No, you don't. You don't like some of that McTom sauce. It's not a <laughs> sauce. It's not, it's not no, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I've got two points to make, but I'll start with the Scott one. I mean, I'm not trying to insult him, but Scott McTominay is the problem of modern football. 
Thank you. You probably just one one hundred percent. That game, for example, one hundred percent. Ooh, Scott scored two goals. One mind game. Ooh, he's balling. He's balling. But that's the thing is, goals matter in football, no doubt. But you can't forsake your primary duty to chip in elsewhere when the team is suffering because of your inadequacies. It mm. doesn't work like that. But thing is, people keep saying, oh, Scott is scoring here, Scott is scoring there. And no, the team keeps suffering, but the coach won't drop him because of the odd goal here and there. But the rest of the team is really suffering because of the things that player can't do. Mm-hmm. So that's why all these goals, assists, analysis, it really doesn't do it for me because a lot of times it's rubbish, especially when it's a player out of position because you're giving up way more and the team is suffering. So yeah, that's it. I mean, like, like there was okay, like there was a time yesterday in the game, right, where we could have had a, a nice counter attack. McTominay is on the ball, he's running with the ball, and he pretty much like tackles himself and loses the ball. <laughs> I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's it's things like that. Like he doesn't he does not know how to keep the ball at all. He can't. You know, like 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 I was like, if you know, if you want to try him as a, as a striker, I prefer that. I know that yes, he can score. But if you put him in midfield, it's a problem. It has been a problem since. Like yeah, it's no, the yeah. same thing that we've been complaining about for years. He's I know not... Dim- I, I know Dima's about to ask you a question, Shola. So I was asking on behalf of Dima, on Dima's behalf. Does Bruno come back in the team against West Ham this weekend? He will. He'll come back. He will, of course he will. Should, no, no, should should he is the question I'm asking. I you. think he should, yeah, he should he should replace McTominay, yeah. But that's the okay. McTominay will always starts, and I think one of the reasons, like you said, is because of that odd goal. And another reason why you know he's getting that odd goal that has given him you know so much is because your striker is not scoring. Um, Habi, like um, Rasmus, you know, I mean, you have mm. kind of experience, you kind, you have that kind of experience with Jackson, right? And Rasmus, no, 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 that's a disrespect. No, no, no. Jackson, no, no, no. Jackson has seven goals, bro. <laughs> actually put it on on a place for Jackson to score right you have to put it on for Jackson to score but go on I mean what I tried to say was Rasmus is not scoring he's cost he cost 75 million more than Darwin but not more than Darwin about the same with Darwin's cost right um do you see him breaking this dock I mean eventually he'll score but how have you seen have you seen him in the Premier League this season or his start to the Premier League I mean, it's not great, but that's the thing is, and that's why I don't agree with your Jackson comparison. Yes, mm-hmm. Jackson has the finishing of a 90-year-old grandma, but he also makes himself valuable <laughs> with other things, which I don't necessarily see Hoyland do. Hoyland just, like, stays up there waiting for service, and if he doesn't come, he's not exactly busting his ass to try to do something or make something happen. Yep. And that's my problem with that type of strikers. That's why I'm such a big Jesus fan, to be honest. Gabriel Jesus is a God-sent footballer. Because Jesus can miss thousands of chances, but for you to actually say Jesus had a bad game, that's very rare to see. And Hoylon, yes, the chances are not coming. My attackers are scrapped. But what is he doing to even try to make it better for himself, for the team? It's not much. So he's basically handicapping them too in some capacity. Why I think some of the falls too, some of the fall goes to him too. I mean, the chances are not coming for him to finish, but you've got to do something too. You can't just marry the CDs and think something's going to happen. No. And I, from what I'm hearing here, there's a lot. There are a lot of players handicapping United. You know, obviously. Yes. So they, like United know, is not a team. United is eleven individuals. That's not football. Wow. Nice, nice. I like the one hundred that you put there, Shola. That's very nice. Ah, you're keeping it real, man. I don't think he's the wrong striker. Wrong, wrong striker, striker, wrong team. And yeah, I don't think I don't think he's good enough. So I, I agree with Abby 100%. I think he's one of those strikers that should be almost be Haaland's understudy at a Man City because he needs exactly. everyone to speed him. All right, yeah. fair um, and um, speaking of strikers here, uh, Pisayo, you know, you were, you were a striker at your time, you know, when I used to hack you down in Ogba. Just, you know. <laughs> Make sure that you don't get anywhere. <laughs> for, 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 for our audience here, we used to play. We used to play football during the weekend, um, back in um, Ikeja, and uh, you know, Fisai was my boy. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> what's good. I joke, I lie, I lie, I lie. That's actually that good. But um, one striker that, that popped this weekend, Watkins, sends, you know, um, uh, Aston Villa. Um, they are third now. If they win their next game, they go, they go, they actually go top before Arsenal and Liverpool play. Um, now we, we kind of have them as a title, as a challenger for top four, but they have some good games this um, Christmas. I think they have United and they have Burnley after Sheffield United. If they win those, if they win those games, <laughs> they win top. Uh, good games. <laughs> I know, right? Good games. <laughs> you know, things have things have changed, yeah. But if they win. <laughs> games if they win those games uh they are still at close to the top of the premier league by january um moving into um, february for example do we start to consider them as title challengers or do we have to just keep on waiting so like you said they they play before liverpool and arsenal this weekend they play on friday so yeah they have the chance to go top of the table uh, I was listening. I was listening. I can't remember. I was watching something, and they mentioned some stats that the last time Villa had this number of points at this point in the season, they ended up winning the league. I think it was nineteen eighty one or something. Well, I like those stats. Those stats always start it down for. But go on. Leicester won the league. They yeah. had the same level of points after seventeen games as Villa do. I think, like, if. They're, they're playing fantastically well now. But I still think when things like, when we come to the turn of the new year, something will happen. Villa would have a blip. They will go far in the conference league. Mm-hmm. So I think they did, like their attention will be taken away. They will, I, I, I still think they'll drop points. They might end up in the Champions League spots, but I don't think they would challenge for the title till the end. Like, the pressure that comes with it. Like, you saw what happened with Arsenal last season. You We led the way for so long, and then you get to, like, those cru- that crucial, like, 10-game run, and it's like, okay, when everyone's putting pressure on you, you can't drop points. There's a machine city that they're just winning, winning, winning. If these guys are coming up against, like, a Liverpool, a City, who back-to-back, they're winning. Even when they're not playing well and they're winning, it's it, it like it does you mentally like and Unai okay in France he's been in like title he's won title but most of those players are, I don't think they've been in like a title race and for me I think the further they go in conference I think he will put his mind like that's the viable title that they could win that's silver where they could win so I think they would put more into that. And like, if they finish like fourth or fifth, and they have a tight uh conference league, they will take that. All right, fair enough. And um, Alex, real quick here, because um, you talked a little bit about DM, and um, one DM for um Aston Villa, who is actually, I think, one of our best players this season, um, David Luiz. You know, a lot of Arsenal D- fans. Douglas, Douglas, Douglas. David Luiz played for Chelsea. I swear, I need to like, I need to like pull like. And Arsenal. Everybody, yeah. everybody's, yeah. everybody's, everybody's name. I always get players' names wrong. But anyways, um, Douglas Luiz, you know, first of all, do you agree with what Fisaya said about Villa? And is Douglas Luiz the kind of midfielder you need in your team right now? Yeah, I agree with everything Fisaya said. I think Aston Villa, um, they're good team. They will be there or thereabouts. I didn't win in the league, though, just because they just don't have what it takes. When it comes to February, March, the crunch time, so what Sire said, I think they will slightly fade out. Top four is definitely there for them, but they, they can't just they can't win the league just based on everything around them. And yeah, it just won't happen. But never say never though. I think it's that season where eighty plus points might just do it. So if they can hang in there, who knows? But if I'm a betting man, I won't bet on Aston Villa winning it. And in terms of Douglas Luiz, he's a baller. He's a he's a top, top, top player. I've liked him for a while. But I think a lot of top teams have missed the boat with him because now he, he's he's the captain, if I'm not mistaken, or vice captain. He's playing every 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 game. He's like a proper mainstay in that team. So to get him out of Aston Villa, you're probably looking at upwards of 70 m, and very mm-hmm. few teams would pay that amount. So um, 18 months ago was when he could have left before he signed that contract. But now that he has signed, I, I almost think forget it unless you want to pay big bucks. Okay, fair enough, and. Uh... You know, I also remember there was a time you wanted McGinn 
as well. You know, one of I mean, what are some shit players as well? But that was actually one player that was said. I know, I know, but you know what's Bro, crazy? See, is there see, a player no, Alex has all wanted? See, no, but see, but see, see, guy, you know what's crazy? Any player yeah. that I've actually said is a top player in a funny way has looked has actually ended up being decent. I I told you guys about Lascelles a while back. And he's looked good for Newcastle. Yeah, calm down, calm down. Alex, let's <laughs> just bang average. Stop it. Come on, man. And they lost Botman and he still looked good. I tell you, player, That's because of how Newcastle play. Newcastle play. Come on, give the guy some flowers, man. That's why I say he's a, he's a decent player, but please, he's not I'll tell, talk about I'll, okay, top player. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try, okay, I'll try <laughs> you another one. No I'll try you another one. Kamara at Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamara is no, but, in, but in, in Alex, time, remember, remember I wanted in... Kamara at Marseille. Yes, yeah. I wanted him. So, okay, uh, I just want that one. So, uh, we're running out of time a little bit. So, let me just quickly um, put this out there. Um, the the challengers, you know, uh, for top four sports, you know, one or two of them can still, like, maybe challenge for the title. Spurs. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we have Spurs. We have Newcastle. Uh, we have United. And we have Aston Villa. Most likely, there's only one spot, unless Liverpool decides to cock it up. You know, I'm not even going to say Arsenal. Why challenge. Liverpool? Wow. Because it's not wow. Arsenal. It's Catch definitely not going to be Arsenal. What's and I don't what? think Man City are going to fight. I'm not going to, I don't think Man City are going to fight for, for fourth. They have too much quality with Haaland for them to fight for fourth. So I'll, I'll go around. Of those four guys, which one of them do you guys think will get that fourth spot? I know United and Newcastle already fucked us out of that fifth spot. Though it's still possible if um, Arsenal and and uh, Man City go far in the Champions League, but we're just going to assume that out of those four, we're only going to get one. So, uh, we can start with you, Alex. Uh, quick answer don't give us one soliloquy or something, something, <laughs> or whatever. Something, 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 something. Who do you think will get that fourth spot? And sorry, I'll be by now, I didn't add Chelsea there, but maybe you know, in February, <laughs> we'll be about feel, feel free, feel free, feel free. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll. Chelsea, I'll just say Copama. You guys got a decent deal there. Fair enough. You guys got a very decent deal there. So, uh, thank so you. Aston Villa, Aston Villa, Spurs, Man United, and Newcastle. Who do you think gets that fourth spot? Uh, I, I say Spurs. I want quick answer Spurs because I feel like they've got more gunmen and a little bit more progressive in the way they play when it comes to their squad as a whole. And by gunmen, I'm talking of the likes of Son, Madison when it comes back, Kulusevski, Richarlison. They've got more gunmen when it, when I compare them to the rest of those challenges, personally. All right, fair enough. Um, Shola, go ahead, go ahead. Do I think Spurs will make it? No. No, not not Spurs. I mean, like, who would you who do you pick? Spurs, United, Newcastle, and Aston Villa for that fourth spot. Who would you pick? Fourth, uh, that's Villa. I think Villa is Villa. They have the you best have any coach. reason? Or is it just that United are shit? <laughs> no, I think, I think Villa, well, obviously Villa are playing very well. United mm-hmm. were not playing very well, even though I think and Spurs, I mean, like I've I've never been convinced about Spurs. I don't care how beautiful their football is. Spurs do not convince me at all because they're they're ill disciplined. They're they're a very ill disciplined team. To 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 achieve your goals, you have to have some level of discipline. Spurs are very ill disciplined, if you notice. Like right. even some of the goals that they concede, some of the red cards they collect, very sloppy team. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, I don't forget no Europe though, and Aston Villa have Europe. Sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's a factor, but I don't know. I just Spurs have just never convinced me. Fair enough. Um, Habib, what about you? I'd go Newcastle. Newcastle, right? Because of experience, what they've done. (laughs) I mean, there's that too. Plus, they are totally out of Europe, and of all the four teams, they are not really trying to. get themselves like they're under Eddie Howe. So mm-hmm. like that is there. So once their key players come back, I think they're good to go really. Yeah, fair enough. And then you froze there for a bit and you had this funny face. I'll let you laugh. But, <laughs> but you came back. So that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle. So we have three different three different names here. Shall I um Fisa, do you want to argue for my youth? I, I was actually so listen no listen if you listen to our last like where we predicted i had united in top four i'm not gonna change 
okay. the reason being is, like Alex said, and I said, I think Villa with the Conference League, I think that would take their attention away. And I, I just think they haven't had a blip this season. I think there will come a time where they might like fall away a bit. Yeah. Newcastle, like Abby said, they don't have, they're out of Europe, so they don't have to worry about that. But they're still in the Carabao. Mm-hmm. That could, you know, they could play extra games. Yeah, yeah, till February if they go if they go further, like extra games. United are out of the Carabao, out of Europe. Hmm. Out of anything that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> FA Cup and Premier League. And once they start getting their players back. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once they start getting their players back, and then I think like hope like by the turn of the year, Rashford hits form again. Bruno like starts playing like the way he should. If Hoyland starts scoring, I just think like Tenag is like an experienced manager. They might not play brilliant football, but he would know how to like set them up defensively and hit people on the counter. I still I love tips though. I see them. Tips. I still see them sneaking forth. I see United sneaking forth. Yeah, the thing about the thing about ETH and Tenag is one thing that I actually don't like about the guy. He has this knack of knowing the same person. Yeah, yeah. 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 Chuck, where was yeah. going on? <laughs> That's how I did do. But anyways, he he has this he has this ability to just win games often. You know, he yeah. finds three points because with the way United has have played this season, they really shouldn't be where they are right now. Like they should That's be right. right there in that mid-table fight. Or for supremacy with Chelsea. With Chelsea, agreed. We should be watching that game, trying to decide who will come 10 or 11. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, Dima, who do you pick, though? You've not said. You've got oh, four different games so far. Yeah, who do be I honest, pick? though. Um, I, like, I, like, I like Newcastle because they actually, they're out of Europe. I actually like Newcastle because they're out of Europe. Spurs are out of Europe. Spurs are not in no Europe, but too. United, like, United yeah, but, are, but it's funny. All the teams are out of Europe. Out of Europe, apart from Villa. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is that, the thing about it is that um Newcastle I've kind of like seen what they can do with Eddie Howe and the way they play the way they they move the, their football is such that I feel like they can actually do it again they can get that top four spot again you know with Spurs like Shola said they have that sloppiness there Newcastle right now is pretty much just injuries that is really messing with them so that's why I'm, I'm actually much much more on that Liverpool side as well, but Aston Villa are definitely Liverpool. very strong. Shola is drunk today, man. So, you're drunk today. What Liverpool? We mentioned Liverpool again. Let's talk about I mentioned Liverpool. <laughs> I mentioned Liverpool. The Liverpool. Oh my god! No idea. Ah, fair enough. Maybe I did. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. No, no mind. It's been a long day. And I, I promise, this is water, not not vodka. Not vodka. <laughs> when you have a new kid, I'm sure you haven't been, so you're excused. Yeah. yeah excuse, Thank excuse. you. There you go. Precisely understands. All right, so uh, we can move on a little bit and talk about the Champions League draw. You know, I mean, they're only like... Okay, happy, happy. I guess now we can log up. All right, so we just, just very quickly as well. This is another quick kind of like round here. Um, same thing, we'll go around the same, we'll go around the same way. Um, if you can just give us your assessment of the draw. Um, Alex, you know, Arsenal got Porto and um, my Man City, they got another easy one with um, Copenhagen. You know, they're surprised. What would you say? What would you say is the most exciting draw, um, from this, from this week? Yeah, I think, I think there's only one exciting one, which is Inter Milan, uh, Atletico Madrid. I think that's a 50 50 game. I think that's going to be a, a cracker. Both games will be a crack, it'll be both crackers. So it's difficult to pick a winner in that one. I think with the rest of them, you can almost pick. PSV, Dortmund is another one where it could go either way. But I think the rest of them, they're clear, a clear favourite. But the Arsenal-Porto game, mm. that's not an easy one. I know yeah, because yeah. you guys need to make sure you, uh, you watch out because that team, they can't play. So yeah. if, you, if, you, if you don't do the job at the Emirates, you can, you can, you can, go, you can get unstuck when you go out of Portugal. So I think Porto is tricky. first. It's not okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Mikel doesn't have a good. Um, the way I watch his games in Europe, I'm not that impressed. So it's it's a good draw for us, but it's a bit tricky as well because yeah, of exactly where uh, Mikel has been in Europe so far. Um, Shola, what about you? 
what is the and I also like that PSV versus Dortmund one. I feel that's like a very good European, you know, game to watch. Yep. Yeah, um, Shola, what about you? The most exciting draw, and maybe like a quick assessment of it. Um, like as you guys have mentioned, two games. Obviously, the Porto Arsenal game. I think that's a very tight one. I don't think it's really clear cut like that. Inter Atletico as well, but I think another one that stands out is Napoli Barcelona. Yeah, I think that Ooh, should be. I, I think that should be fun. Or see me, yeah, or see me. Yeah, which is um, a lot. Of, I mean, I'm going to Fisara here, and a lot of Arsenal fans are actually dreaming about Osimhen right now. You know, he had that mad assist this weekend. He Ooh. did that. I don't, it felt like he was just playing like in the playground that in in Lagos. You know, I, I know we did see some videos of him tapping ball in Niger this this yeah. summer. So for yeah. him to do that again, I was like, ah, this guy is just playing like as if he's with his mates. So um, go on. What's your yeah. answer to the question? It's crazy how like he's he actually scored a goal in that game, but everyone's talking about his assist. Yeah, like, no <laughs> about the goal. But yeah, um, yeah, there were there were some. It's crazy how City always get like favorable draws. Mm. That's. But I I'm actually looking forward to Lazio Bayern Munich. I think that would be a good game as well. That's another yeah. very so a lot of, a lot of spicy a lot of spicy games, yeah. and uh, you know we look we look forward to it. Uh, um, I think it's, it starts back up in what February, or is it more? February. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in it. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but don't worry. We we'll try. We we'll try and do our best. You know. I mean, like when we when we're winning last uh, last season, and we're good, obviously going to be in Champions League. I had a lot of quite a few United fans with Yanni. Why are you guys? You guys got disgrace us. But they gave you Copenhagen. They gave you Galatasaray. You still managed to come last. I don't even. <laughs> It's it's a funny one, but we'll see. I don't I don't I don't Europa now, my United. We'll play with the funny thing is, like Alex was even like, Don't worry, I'll see you in January, bro. You're not even gonna see them. I don't we'll see them, man. They send them back home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, you know I, 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 told, I told you we weren't we weren't coming out. after after some results, I was like, Yeah, we're better yeah. off not 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 playing in Europe. Alright. It looks like Habi is back now. So Habi Habi, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Alright, cool. Just real quick, who um which draw is the most exciting for you? And what is your like quick assessment of the draw? Like really like two seconds, ten seconds kind of answer. I mean I love the draws. Everything seems pretty fair and quite excited. But my best draw of the bunch is Barcelona Napoli. Oh, there you go. You have the same line as um Fisayo. You have Fisayo went for the oh. same for the oh. same one. Yeah. See, that's that's the one that, that I picked as well. Now. So that's Shola, not Fisayo. No, wasn't that what Shola picked? It was Shola. 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 Oh, what did you pick, Fisayo? Sorry, I said Lazio by Munich. Oh, Lazio by. Okay, so it's you and you are you are Shola. But it's good. What did Alex pick, please? Oh, Alex, Alex picked the... Uh, Inter Milan, Inter Milan, Inter Milan Atletico Madrid. And I actually this like... Alex is a haram nigga. What did you <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Well, well, Atletico have actually been really good going forward. Yeah, but I think that's the toughest draw. That's the toughest yeah. draw. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like that Atletico Madrid versus Inter. I don't see what Morata does. I'm actually enjoying this, this Morata season. Yeah. Um, I'm actually really happy for him. I'm very happy for him. I'm happy that... You know, if he has a good 20 to 30 goal season, boom, that would just be mad. Maybe United might buy him for like 100 million in the summer. Or, then or Chelsea. Or Chelsea might buy him back. I swear, buy him back. God forbid. Business. Give him like... We don't do that. We don't do that over here. We factory setting. But anyway... We don't do that over here. That's it for us today. Thank you guys for coming on to discuss all this with me. Um and um, thank you for coming on the pod. Um, thank you uh, all for listening. If you have listened this far, are we going to preview the Arsenal Liverpool game before the game on Saturday? Are we oh, so sorry, I forgot. I forgot about that. So what we're going to do before we actually you're you running away from give the our smoke. score lines. Give it doesn't want that smoke. <laughs> I don't want that smoke. I want all of the smoke. So you know, I'll go first. Arsenal versus Liverpool. It's time for Arsenal to actually beat you lots at at Anfield. It's time. Um, gonna, I'm going to go for. I'm going for I'm going to go for two one, two one Arsenal. What I'm you got? I'm going for two one Arsenal too. Ah uh-uh. no, you can't do that. How can you? How can you do that? No, you got it. See, I'm going for two one Arsenal. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. A simple short answer. We're playing on Wednesday. 
It's a okay. very tricky game. Will because in one hand, in one hand, we want to be yeah, I'll, I'll explain. In one hand, we want to rest players. In the other yeah. hand, is the quarterfinals of a Carabao Cup as a chance to get to the final. You will probably want to play a strong team because they're against West Ham. We want to play a strong team. One of, we might pick up one or two in because at this rate, we're picking up injuries every game. Gravenberg got injured in the last game. We might pick up one injury. And if we don't, we'll go into your game fatigued. You guys are coming clean, clean week. I don't see how we beat you guys. So I see you guys beating us 2-1 and you get your first result at Anfield in a while. Yeah. How about you, Fisayo? Go on. I think it'll be a tough game, especially after the United one. Like, the crowd will be on, you know, they'll be pumped. Like, they'll want to set it right. Battle of the battle at the top, 1v2. Yeah. Chance to go top of the table at Christmas. Yeah. Really good chance to go top. I think it's a tight one. I'm going one all. One all. Yeah. That's that's actually not bad. But I, I you know, that's not bad at all. How about you, Shola? What you go for? Uh I say one one. One one? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be. How about you? Same one one. I think like Alex's points are very valid. Like Arsenal's coming in with the strong hand, but I feel Liverpool is just going to be a performance of pure grit and shame. Like <laughs> not to, just for Arsenal not to get a result. So it's going to be that yeah. type of game. So I just see a one-one. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I like that two-one with a Havertz goal at the end, so that we can sing that song again. How does it go? By the way, I was joking. By the way, Dima, I was joking, man. We're betting you guys two-one. That's my prediction, man. We're betting you guys two-one. Come on, man. Come in the Anfield, man. Like, come on. Two-one. No worries. No worries. With that in mind, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for coming on. Like, subscribe, uh, follow us on Twitter and YouTube. And on your favorite podcast streaming apps. And uh, goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.